You're listening to the Grow Your Own Food Podcast, a show dedicated to helping you grow fresh fruit, vegetables, and even grains in your own backyard. In every episode, you'll get growing tips, recipe inspiration, and more. Ready to get growing? Then let's jump in. Hi, 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 everybody. Welcome back to episode 36 of the Grow Your Own Food podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Smith, and today I'm coming at you with some broccoli growing tips. I think I've mentioned it before, but broccoli is my favorite vegetable, and that might make me a weirdo. That's perfectly fine. I know that some people think broccoli is smelly. It kind of has like that sulfur smell, Um, but I love how crunchy it is. I love how firm it is. I love how diverse it is in terms of its applications in the kitchen, Um, and I love how nutritious it is, but I don't love growing it. It's a pain in the butt, honestly, and it requires a decent amount of knowledge more so than some of the more easy to grow plants, say like tomatoes or squash. It's a little bit temperamental. There are several things that can go wrong with it. So that's why we are talking about growing broccoli today. I'm going to be giving you some tips that I had to learn the hard way and That's all in hopes that if you are trying to grow broccoli for the first time this year or you're thinking about it and you've been wondering if you're ready, these tips might help give you a leg up. So we're going to be going over all that today, but first a word from our sponsor. So the very first thing that I want to tell you about broccoli, if you didn't already know, is that broccoli is a cool weather plant. It is grown on the ends of the spectrum of the growing season. Whereas tomatoes are kind of planted in May and they grow all the way through like October until your first frost, broccoli needs cool weather. It needs to be started really early in the year. And then if you're planning to grow a second crop of it in the fall, if you live in a temperate zone and it's going to cool down again, you have to start growing it in the very middle of the growing season, which feels really, really weird. And that's because broccoli is a coal crop. All brassicas are coal crops. For the longest time, by the way, I thought coal was cold. Anytime I heard somebody saying it, I thought it was cold, but it's actually coal spelled C-O-L-E, coal crops. Just a little extra knowledge there. It can't survive in super frigid hard frost. As I as I described in a previous episode, hard frosts are going to cause the water inside a plant cell to expand, bursting the cell walls, and essentially damaging the plant tissue beyond repair. Um, and the same goes for broccoli, even though it likes cool weather. That's kind of the the key thing to remember. It likes cool weather. It doesn't love cold weather. So that's something that you need to keep in mind. But it doesn't like hot weather either. As soon as it starts to get hot, broccoli plants tend to bolt, which means they start to set out seed because that's its sign that it's going to 
die, basically. Since it doesn't like growing in heat, it needs to make sure that it reproduces before it dies, and its way of reproducing is by setting seed. So it's kind of a Goldilocks plant in that way. It needs to be planted out when it's not too cold anymore, but early enough that it has time to come to maturity before it gets too hot outside. So for some people, that process of timing, broccoli planting, is kind of difficult, especially if you don't have a really good handle on, you know, your USDA hardiness zone, planning your seed starting, you know, that timing that's involved there. Um, And if you're not super familiar with that, go back a few episodes. I I have all kinds of advice on how to do that, so I won't go over that here. I will just say that for most of us who live in a temperate zone, so I live in USDA hardiness zone 6, I am planting out broccoli anywhere from mid-March to mid-April. Mid-April is actually pretty late for me. That is, I would say, the latest I would ever go and expect it to come to maturity. And to get it to maturity in time before it got too hot outside, I would probably have to feed it a ton of compost and blood meal and fish emulsion, things like that, to speed it along. And then if I want to grow it in the fall, I have to be planting it out in July through, you know, mid-July through early August when it is blazing hot outside. And because it doesn't like a lot of heat, I end up needing to sort of shade it to keep it sheltered from the worst of the heat. It gets really, really hot here in my little corner of Northeast Kansas in late July and early August, what we call the dog days of summer. And so that those tiny little broccoli seedlings have to be protected so they don't immediately just go to seed and skip the whole making broccoli heads. So that's kind of your first heads up about growing broccoli. Again, if you didn't know already, broccoli needs cool weather and it needs, I would say, anywhere from 75 to 90 days of cool to warm but not hot weather in order to come to maturity. And there are actually varieties of broccoli that are better grown in spring and then varieties that are better grown in the fall. So for instance, I just bought two different types of broccoli seed. I bought one, the variety is called Gypsy. It's meant to be grown in spring. Spring in in Northeast Kansas is a little bit longer growing season. You don't have to worry so much about cold tolerance because you know by the time it's ready to harvest, it's warm outside. And then I bought another variety called Marathon that is much better suited to growing in the fall because it's very cold hardy at maturity. It's fine if it's outside during a few frosts, you know, 32 degrees down to, I would say, 27, 28 degrees. Anything lower than that's going to be a hard frost and you're going to have a really hard time getting your broccoli plants to survive throughout without any significant damage. So another thing to know is that, you know, there's different varieties of broccoli that are better in the spring or better in the fall. So that's definitely something that you wanna keep in mind as you're looking through your seed catalog and considering what to order for the year. The second tip that I would have, or the third tip if you wanna consider that seed variety note a tip, would be to make sure that you bury the stems deeply. So a lot of us tend to be pretty conservative when we are planting out our seedlings and we try to keep the leaves up off the ground, right? We don't want the leaves to rot, so we don't want them to come in contact with the soil. And that is wise with most plants, but 
that is not what you want to do with broccoli plants um, or any member of the brassica family actually so anytime you set out a a seedling for a brassica, which is more than just broccoli, it's also cauliflower, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, you, you want to go ahead and bury that stem all the way up to the first set of leaves. Just go ahead and, and get it down deep into the soil. And that's typically going to be, you know, like an inch or so, inch and a half deeper than it was planted in the seed starting pot. And the reason why you want to do that is because brassicas tend to be very top-heavy plants. And if they don't have enough support down at the very base in the form of their stem being surrounded by soil, they are going to very easily topple over, especially as they start to mature and they get those big flower heads on them, which that's right, broccoli heads are actually, it's just a bunch of immature flowers. The same goes for cauliflower. It's all just bunches of, you know, immature flowers that haven't come to fruition yet. So in order to give those plants enough support, you need to make sure that you're burying the seedlings all the way up to that first set of leaves. If you have already set out your broccoli seedlings and you're listening to this and you're like, oh crap, I didn't do that. You have an option, and that is to stake your broccoli plants. I had to do this the first season that I grew broccoli because I did not know any better. And I will just say this about staking plants. Like, don't agonize over it. If if your plant needs support, I've done this a few times. I've gone out and I've Googled whether or not it's advisable to stake your plants. If a plant needs support, it needs support, and it's not going to hurt it to stake it, as long as you don't tie it too tight to the stake and it has room to grow for the stem to grow. Like it's not going to impact your plant in in any bad way. So if you have a plant that's flopping around all over the place, it needs some extra support, go ahead, get a stake. I like to use bamboo stakes and, and stake it. I also, when I'm staking things, I use a Velcro gardening tape. It's really handy because I can wrap that Velcro gardening tape around the stem of the plant and the bamboo stake. And then once that plant stem gets, you know, too big, I can undo that Velcro and reapply it just a little bit looser, you know, a little bit bigger band. And and it gives the stem room to grow even further. Um, And then it's reusable year after year. I cut it into lengths of about three or four inches or so. And I, I take it off at the end of the year. I go collect all my little strips of Velcro gardening tape and bring them inside and roll them up. And then I bring them back outside and reuse them. So it's really inexpensive. I want to say it's three to five dollars for a roll of 25 feet. And I really like it. I, I can't recommend it enough. My next tip for broccoli would be that it needs to be fed and watered a lot. It needs a lot of food because it grows very fast. So a lot of the plants in your garden, they grow a lot more slowly and steadily. Broccoli is one of those things that once it takes hold, it grows super fast and then it sets out these big, dense bunches of immature flowers, you know, that are, like I said, the broccoli heads that you end up eating, the broccoli crowns. And in order for them to do that, they need a ton of food. Um, They have a relatively short growing season compared to a lot of plants. So what I like to do before I even plant my broccoli is the bed that I'm going to put my broccoli into, I work a 40 pound bag of composted manure into that bed before I even set those plants in the ground. 
And then once they've reached about, say, a foot tall, I feed them again. And if they are slow to, you know, putting out broccoli crowns and the weather is really starting to warm up, I feed them yet again. So they, they need a lot of food because they have to do their work in a pretty short window of time. They also need consistent watering. And this is for the same reason that they need a lot of food. Any plant that grows that quickly is going to need just as much water as it's going to need food because water is what helps transport those nutrients to where those nutrients are most needed in the plant. So whether it's the leaves or the stem or the roots or the flowers, you know, water is kind of the, the vehicle for all those nutrients. And no matter how much you feed it, if those broccoli plants don't have enough water, you know, all that food isn't going to matter. So make sure that your broccoli plants are getting at least an inch of rain or hose water per week, if not more like one and a half to two inches of water a week. You know, there's no reason to to let that bed get like swampy and super soggy, but you never want to let it dry out. And I will say when you're watering your broccoli, make sure that you avoid wetting the crowns once they do start to develop. Because as I said, those crowns are immature flowers. And I think we've all kind of seen what happens when flower heads get wet. They start to rot. So you want to make sure that you avoid wetting the crowns of your broccoli plants once those crowns have started to develop. My next tip would be once those broccoli heads, those crowns, have started to form, you need to be watching those like a hawk. I think we all have this sort of preconceived notion, blame it on, you know, the grocery store, that a head of broccoli should be a good six to eight inches wide, right? Like these monster heads of broccoli. And honestly, a lot of times in the home garden, broccoli heads do not get that big. It depends on how much you fed them. It depends on what variety you're growing. There's a certain type of broccoli, heirloom broccoli, that's really popular called Waltham 29. And it, honestly, I think the largest head I ever harvested from it was only maybe three inches across. And the reason why so many gardeners like it, apart from being heirloom, is that once you cut off that primary head, it starts sending out side shoots that you can kind of just harvest gradually as you need more broccoli. You don't have to kind of harvest and process all your broccoli at once. That's what some gardeners prefer. If you are the type of gardener who wants like the big fat broccoli heads, I would say look elsewhere, get a different type of, a different variety of broccoli. Don't be waiting until those broccoli heads are the size that you think they should be before you harvest them. Because for some varieties of broccoli, I guarantee you that those flower buds are going to start to open before you think that they're a size that they should be, you know, before you harvest them. And once those buds start to open up, they are not edible. I mean, they technically are edible. It's not like it's going to poison you or anything, but the texture is like eating, it's like having a mouthful of broccoli flavored sand. And if you're making a face right now, that is the face that you would be making if you had that in your mouth. It's not pleasant. I've tried it because I've had, you know, a few heads that are like, oh, it's probably not that bad, you know, but it's, it's not great. It's tough and it's chewy in a bad way, very fibrous. And like I said, not going to hurt you or anything, but not going to be fun to eat. 
And big heads, little heads, it doesn't matter. It's all broccoli. Go ahead and even if they start to look like those buds are starting to swell up, cut it off the plant, put it in the refrigerator, and just eat it within the next day or two. If the buds haven't started swelling up at all, then you can actually, you can still go ahead and cut it off, put it in the refrigerator. The only difference is it's going to last you a lot longer before you need to worry about making sure you eat it. It's going to store for longer. And obviously broccoli freezes really well. We see broccoli in the frozen foods, you know, section all the time. It's an excellent way to to store broccoli. When it comes to spacing broccoli, this is my next tip. Broccoli gets really big. Do not underestimate how much space broccoli needs. I'm a pretty intensive grower, and that means that I typically space my plants closer together than what conventional wisdom will tell you. That is what a lot of home gardeners do in order to get more produce out of a small garden plot. But broccoli is not something that I do that with because the plants get so large and they need so much food and water that when they have to compete with one another, it means that you're not going to get a great result. You're going to get underdeveloped heads that are much smaller than they should be. You're going to have problems with leaves not getting as big as they'd like to because they're touching the leaves of the plant next to it. I don't grow my broccoli plants any closer than about 18 inches apart. Typically the way I manage this is my garden beds are four feet wide and eight feet long. And so what I do is I have two rows of broccoli that go side by side in that four foot bed all the way down the eight feet. And then in the middle, offset if you think of it like like a set of dice a single die from the dice and you think about like the side that has five on it it looks like that so you have the four you know two on either side and then you have the one in the middle and that's kind of how I organize my broccoli so that I can I can plant a few more broccoli plants in that bed without crowding them I offset space them in that way and that gives me enough space so that they're not competing with one another. And it's also inevitable. I, no matter what you do with seedlings, you know, it's up to mother nature whether or not they survive. And I inevitably have, you know, one or two broccoli seedlings that end up failing, sadly, even though I consider myself to be a pretty top-notch seedling starter. It just happens. There's something invisibly wrong with that plant that, that you can't tell. You put it out there and there's like a sixth sense that a lot of pests and um, microbes have when it comes to sensing when there's something wrong with a plant. And, and it'll go after that seedling that's not perfectly healthy like all the other ones are. So that also frees up enough space, you know, for my broccoli seedlings in that bed. I can usually count on that happening with one or two. But that comment leads me to my very last tip, which is how to protect your broccoli seedlings and plants from pests. I honestly feel like brassicas have some of the most nefarious pests out there. And there's a couple of them, honestly. So you've got cutworms, which they are a very special, special type of caterpillar. They burrow just slightly under the soil and they cut the plant off. 
right at root level, right at soil level. They cut it off from its roots, which is why they're called cutworms. What I do to protect my broccoli plants from that is I take, I collect, my husband thinks I'm nuts, I collect empty rolls of toilet paper um, all year long, and then once it is seed transplanting season, I cut those empty rolls of toilet paper in half, and I use those as protective collars around the base of my broccoli seedling. I push it down into the soil a good one, one and a half inches, and then it also sticks up out of the soil a good one inch, and that is going to deter those cutworms um, because they will not dig under the soil that far, typically. So that's one pest avoided right there. The other type of pest that is really, really prevalent when it comes to the brassica family is cabbage worms or cabbage loopers. They, it's so funny, there's all these tiny little white butterflies and they're so charming and like fairy garden-like and you just, you love watching them. And those are um, cabbage butterflies. They, it's like they bomb your cabbage, your, your cabbages, your cauliflowers, your brassicas, like your whole brassica family with eggs. Those eggs hatch on the plants into these teeny tiny little caterpillars, and they will reduce a even a full-grown broccoli plant to nothing but like a skeleton of stems in a matter of days. So the best way to avoid those is by covering your broccoli plants with a floating row cover, or a lot of times what I'll do because I'm just in a hurry or I'm being a little bit lazy, I will take some very fine mesh and I'll cut a giant square out of it and I will kind of make a pouch over the top of my broccoli plant and kind of secure the bottom of it with some of that Velcro garden tape. And that just creates a protective, an individual protective cover for that broccoli plant that those cabbage looper eggs, you know, just can't can't get into. So those are the two kind of biggest pests when it comes to broccoli that are really easily avoided in those two ways right there. But that is all of my tips for today. Hopefully that helps you if you're planting broccoli for the first time or if you've been wanting to try it, like I said, and you're just not sure you could do it. Those are kind of the biggest problems that that I've had in learning how to grow it. And they're the, the things that I kind of had to naturally research and overcome in my journey of growing broccoli. So... I I hope that knowing that ahead of time or, you know, understanding that at the beginning of this season, if you're kind of on your second or third attempt at at growing broccoli and it hasn't turned out the way you'd wanted to before, I hope it goes better for you this season with those tips. So thank you very much for listening. If you have time and you are so inclined, I would really appreciate you going to this podcast's homepage on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you kind of go to listen to podcasts and leave a review. It's really helpful for me to understand what you do and don't like about the show. It's also something that helps other people understand whether or not they would like the podcast. I had a review recently that I really appreciated that kind of called out the length of this podcast, which is about 15, 20 minutes. And and I understand that, that that's a lot shorter than a lot of podcasts out there, but I purposefully um, make them 
a little bit shorter because I know we're all really busy and I try to keep these shows really functional rather than really chatty. You know, I throw in the occasional anecdote here and there, but I understand that we're all busy. So I really appreciated that 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 listener felt like that was something very useful and, and a benefit to them. So thank you very much for leaving that comment. I really appreciate it. In the next episode, I'm going to be telling you how to sprout your own seed potatoes at home. So if you've never tried growing potatoes before, I very much encourage you to. I love growing potatoes. Yes, potatoes are cheap, but they are one of the quote-unquote dirtiest foods you can buy. So therefore, they're one of the best foods that you can buy organically. But better yet, you can grow them at home and you can grow them from organic potatoes that you've purchased at the grocery store. I'm going to tell you how to do that. So make sure you tune in. And until then, I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Grow Your Own Food podcast. Visit beeandbasil.com for helpful how-to articles, images, and recipes.